The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now, here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. I'm calling the angels down. I'm storming the gates of hell. Tell the devil he don't own my soul. I'm taking back what the enemy stole. Hi, good afternoon. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is The View from a Pew on your local radio station, as well as on social media all over the place. And new for 24 is we now have our own Roku channel. So go to Roku and search for The View from a Pew, and all those programs will be on there. Uh, This is still The View from a Pew. It's different than what Pastor... uh, Delmar and I do when we do the What Does the Bible Say About Blank? This is a series that I believe we've been called to talk about because it's a tough topic. And one of the reasons I ask you to be on here, Gary, you know this stuff. You're not going to bend worrying that somebody in your church is going to hear you say something and go, oh, that wasn't very nice, Gary, you know, you know. They've already heard me say it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I want to go back and and tell you, this, this is about spiritual warfare. And you made the comment earlier that this warfare is over souls. Yes. The, de- the devil's trying to collect souls that he can take away from God, and that's the only victory he can have in this. In the end, he's done. And everybody who's decided not to be a part of God's world will be done with Satan. And I got to tell you, that has always scared me. You know, when I was a God guy, uh, uh, I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been a church-going guy for my whole life, but I was a God guy yeah. because I... I couldn't figure out why I would have to choose Jesus when God's the main guy. And that Bible verse, nobody gets to the Father but through me, oh, boy, that scared me. I mean, that really just gave me goosebumps. John 14, 6. Yep. And that's interesting because that's how the Bible verse that Jesus gave me to realize that I needed him was John six forty four. That is, God will woo you into a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ, and they are one and the same. That's this verse that I was given one day from R.C. Sproul on the radio, which taught me, oh, God the whole time has been wanting me to find his son, wanting me to find that forgiveness. With all that, of course, comes Satan and spiritual warfare, and that's kind of one of the things we're talking about. Gary uh, Hutchins from Sunny Slope uh, Church is my guest today, and we're talking about we want to take things back that the enemy has stolen. We're going to raise the battle cry. We're going to hold the banner high, taking back what the enemy stole. And one of the things they've stolen is honesty and integrity. Absolutely. You know, if you ask somebody today— Uh, a whole lot of people at least, tell me what you think integrity is. They might stumble around and have a hard time answering the question Uh, because we've pretty much put integrity to a great extent on the the shelf. 
And, you know, uh, is it okay to cheat in your income tax? Well, yeah, because the government's going to go, they don't need that money. Well, no, that's, you're talking about a law and law is sanctioned by God. Now, it does not mean every single law that government passes is pleasing to God, but the, the whole concept of civil law is is sanctioned by God. You can yeah, read that in the book of Romans. Yeah, it's in the ten, it's one of the commandments. You don't steal. Yeah, exactly. You don't lie, cheat and steal. Yeah, and so, well, uh, so could you, you know, could you swindle somebody? Well, they'd say no, that's actually illegal, but but what if you take advantage of somebody in a business deal? I mean, you really take advantage of them. You're you basically do everything but outright lie to them to get a better deal for yourself. Well, that's not that that's that's violating the laws of integrity. Now, it may not be illegal, but you're you're being immoral. It's interesting. I have a friend who's, uh, and in fact, we're in a conversation right now on this. Uh, the question he asked me the other day: uh, uh, Can a good guy do a bad thing to teach the people who do the bad things they have to pay? And it comes from the fact that he bought a car. Uh, I know this is going to sound typical, but this is just what it was. He bought a used car, only three years old, asked all these questions of the dealer, and the dealer just lied to him. And now he wants to take the guy to court. And he called me. He said, well, is that unbiblical to take somebody to court? And I went through Google and got it and all those things like that. And the only thing that I can, one of the things I find is, you know, when those uh, men were standing around with stones in their hands and they were going to stone the prostitute, Jesus challenged them and said, you okay to do that? You, you without sin? Do you ever lie to anybody? Do you ever cheat somebody? And they all dropped their rock. Well, their, their whole motive was bogus because their whole motive was they wanted to catch Jesus. Are you going to let her go? Are you going to forgive her? Yeah. You know, and, and so they were trying to trip him up, you know, and, and he didn't, in fact, he did not let the woman go. He said, yeah, go and sin no more. Right. He, he held her accountable for her sins. Well, we're talking about, we want to take back honesty and integrity because those are, those shouldn't be a sales pitch. People should just expect to be treated honestly and with integrity, but it's just not there. And I'm guilty of that too. I'm, I, that's one of the sins that I have a hard time with is integrity because I, I can't always, let me back up. I don't always choose to have integrity. I choose sometimes because I'm selfish and I want something for myself. And I always say, Jesus is sitting right next to me, and when he knows I'm going to say something like that, he'll lean over and say, Mac, I can't, I can't stand by you if, if you're going to do that, because that's not what I would do. Yeah. Well, think about Job. And let me tell you, everybody ought to read Job on a regular basis. Now, it's over 40 chapters, but I mean, what an incredible, you know— you can think of it as a as a tutorial for us. You think things are going bad bad with you? You think you've got it hard and many people throw up their hands and say, I can't do this anymore. I'm trying to live a righteous life and look what's happening to me. Read Job. Have you ever had sores from the top of your head to the sole of your feet? 
Did you ever lose all of your children in one day? Did you ever lose all of your material holdings basically in one day? All of your, you know, the people who worked for you in one day? All that happened to Job. But look how he was described in in Job. You know, the devil, he's challenging God. And, and, and the Lord said to Satan in Job chapter 1, verse 8, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? Now, that's integrity, and that's honesty. Yep. <laughs> and then that's how Job was known. Um, <clears throat> and look at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 9. He who walks with integrity walks securely. Yep. Now, some people would say, Look, you got to be careful about that being hard and and fast and toeing the line on honesty and integrity because people take advantage of you. Uh, God won't. Yeah. God knows the score. Yeah. And and you know if we'll walk before Him in honesty and integrity, that's character for us. Yeah. That's character. Paul wrote in Titus chapter two and verse seven. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility. Don't you feel good when you can talk to somebody you know and you don't have to wonder about anything they're saying as to whether they're telling you the truth or not? Yep, yep. Yep, I I have a thing in my life, um, and this is in my book, I used to drive my bicycle home, and there was a shoeshine guy that worked in my grandpa's store, and his name was Bones. And he told me one time, now you overheard these two guys talking at the shoeshine shop. Do not repeat that. that. Those were not meant for your ears. And I said, oh, don't worry, I promise. And he turned around, and he looked at me, and he said, promise? Do you know what promise is? It's a covenant. You're making a covenant with that person and with God. And so in my life, I tell people all the time, if I say I promise, I'm either going to burn in hell if I'm lying because I'm standing on that, or you can be guaranteed that I'm telling you the truth and I'm being honest. Yeah. And, and how many times do people share something with you? And you don't have even have to say the words. They don't have to say the words. You just understand and you know, me as a minister, I mean, I'm in counseling situations all the time. Those, those details are basically private. I, I don't go around telling people, oh, yeah, you know about so-and-so over there? You know what they did? You know what they just told me? You know, you know what kind of background they came out of? You know, that's, yeah, it, 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 if it's been told to me in confidence, that's in confidence. Well, and what you said just now it sounded exactly what Satan told Eve. Oh, don't worry what God said. Yeah. He wasn't really meaning what he said. You're, you're okay to go eat that fruit. I mean, that's the very same thing he did to Eve. Yeah, he was deceiving her. She said, oh, no, God said if we eat of this particular fruit, of this particular tree, that we'll die. He said, you're not going to die. Well, what happened when he lured Eve into disobeying God? That was sin on her part. Then he used her to lure her husband into disobeying God. That was sin on his part and her part. And the devil won at that particular point. Now, you think, Mac... When that happened, everything changed. 
And I'm talking about everything changed as far as humanity and the world, basically. Everything. They were removed from the garden, so they could not have access to the tree of life. Now, think about what that means. They could have lived forever, sinless, on this earth, but they messed up. Okay, so that changed. So what, what became an automatic reality? Physical death. So when we look at Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Physical death is the first reality yeah. of that, that statement. But eternal condemnation in hell, Ugh. that's eternal death, and that's the ultimate reality. So we always want to remember the rest of that verse, yeah. but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to make a choice every day. Am I going to live an honest life? Am I going to live a life of of moral character? And that's what integrity is, moral character, in spite of how other people might live around me, in spite of what other people might do to me. Well, and and for me, I can't speak for anybody else. When When I say something and I wonder if someone questions me, I may have to go back and apologize to them because maybe I didn't tell you the whole story. Uh, and it's hard for me to admit that, but it's just part of how God made us all. We all want to be liked. We all want to tell people what they want to hear. And sometimes it's a lot easier to tell somebody what they want to hear rather than get in a confusing um, um, conflict with them. Uh, we were watching the Emmys the other day, and the Emmys is the highest award you can get in this country for your profession of acting. And yes, they had all these people that won Emmys, but then they gave uh, a, a, a ward of integrity to an organization that did nothing but favor sin. Nothing but favor everything that was not God. That, for me, I lost integrity, or they lost integrity with me on that. Well, the entertainment industry, to a huge extent... The exceptions would be small by percentage. To a huge extent, the entertainment industry has lost their integrity years ago, and it's just getting worse and worse. They're throwing all kinds of of sexual immorality at us. There, I noticed this. This came up in uh, some email that I email publication that I receive on a regular basis. It was talking about Donald Wildman, dead at eighty five. Now, this was a man who I began listening, well, reading of, I I was getting, um, you know, circulars from him going all the way back in the mid seventies. And so he was a fellow who he took a stand against the sexual immorality that was at that time, we look back on that now and we think, boy, that's sure tame compared to what we're seeing thrown at us now all the time. But he took a stand against television programs, movies, and everything that were, that were promoting at that time all kinds of sexual immorality. And again, those were the earlier days. And so he, he began a, an, an organization that called the National Federation for Decency. And, then, and, and that was in 1977 and 78. And then later in 1980, it became the American Family Association. In 1989, he wrote his own autobiography and he titled the book, The Man the Networks Hated or Loved to Hate. The Man the Networks Loved to Hate. And he actually, I don't know if you remember the Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh, yeah. He got that off the air. 
And so he started really working hard against the networks and what they were doing and promoting all kinds of sexual immorality in their, on their programs. He would go to, he was one of the early ones that started going to sponsors and saying, ah. you need to stop sponsoring this. Well, no, we're going to do Okay. Then he'd call the public and say, let's boycott, you know, let's yeah. boycott that business. Let's boycott that business until they stop sponsoring these programs. And he was successful, largely successful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, incredible. But, but that he was a pioneer at going public and standing against the, the, the lack of integrity and moral integrity, moral, you know, uh, just, just morality from sexual immorality of all kinds. He was, he was trying to call the networks and the, ho- and the Hollywood producers back to integrity. Yeah. Let's come back. And unfortunately, you know, he made some headway, but then it went farther and farther. I can remember back in the 80s. Uh, when the big deal was we're not going to allow smoking on TV anymore. Yeah. And that was a big deal. Well, give them a pack of cigarettes, for God's sakes. It's a lot better than what they see now. Oh, my. And especially streaming. I mean, you can get any program that does anything you want, and um, uh, the kids know how to work this. They know how to get it on their phones. Once again, we go back to sexual morality. We go back to respect for God and Christ. And honesty and integrity has to come from across the board, and it's hard. It's central to the whole to the whole concept and principle of morality. Honesty, integrity is cent- is central. All right. When we come back, we're going to take our last topic today on what we'd like to take back from Satan, and that would be unfaithfulness. We'd like to get faithfulness back in our society. We'll talk about that with Gary. I'm Mac McCoy. If I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening. Love this job. Couldn't do it without you. And thanks, Divine Truth. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.